The last of the major pro sports leagues is off and rolling, and college basketball is ready to go as well. BetOnline remains your top spot for all your live betting action and contests. NFL, college football, UFC, and NHL are all in full swing. BetOnline is your number one source for wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions. All the hoops betting action, along with every sport available at your fingertips, with both desktop and mobile access at any time. Head to Bet Online today and remember to use our promo code BLEAV for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. Machete out, caratini in, fire up the hot stove because the winter meetings are here. What's up, H Town? Welcome to the Believe in Astros podcast, your home for all things Astros. With your hosts, sports writer Jeff Balky and Astros broadcaster and former third baseman, Jeff Blom. Now, here's Balky and Blomber. What is up, Astros fans? Back from what I'm calling the sickness for episode 99 of the Believe in Astros podcast on the Believe Podcasting Network. I'm a still somewhat sniffly coffee Jeff Balky, so apologize my uh, noises that I make during this podcast. My usual partner, Jeff Blum, is out doing Jeff Blum duties. Uh, this week. So I'm flying solo. Uh, just again, pardon my clearing my throat. Uh, just I was much, much worse a few days ago. So I'm back because the winter meetings are here and we have got Astros news, if you can believe that. So the winter meetings are happening in Nashville right now. This is the time of year when the GMs get together and all the people get together and they start talking. We've got Otani. We've got Juan Soto. Those are all the big names. But for the Astros... There's some things a stirring, as as they say. Uh, do they say that during the holidays? Needs a milking, seven swans a swimming. I don't think a stirring is in there. Anyway, the Astros have a new backup catcher, Martin Maldonado. Machete is gone. Now listen, before we get into the new catcher, let's just say a little thank you to Martin Maldonado. I know that we may have not been as as Let's, I don't want to say not as kind, but we may have been critical of Martin Maldonado, but that was not his fault. Martin Maldonado has been an excellent catcher for this team, particularly defensively. His offensive shortcomings being what they are, the problem was last year everybody wanted Yiner Diaz to start, and they wanted Martin Maldonado to, to back up. But the truth is the Astros went deep into the playoffs with Martin Maldonado as their starting catcher, and he has been a great uh, catcher for this team. Four seasons with the Astros, helped them win a title. So, you know, all due respect to Machete and uh, hope that he lands on his feet with another team. Uh, But the Astros have started to move on from that. They obviously, Yiner Diaz is their starter. They've said it. They've said it out loud. Both the new manager, Joe Espada, as well as GM Dana Brown, have said that they're going to give Yiner Diaz his shot. He's been offensively excellent, defensively okay, although he does have a cannon for an arm. So there is some hope that he can improve his preparation and play calling. But they needed a backup because <clears throat> in this league, you need a guy who can come in and give you some starts. Maybe not a ton, maybe not a ton, maybe 30 or 40, maybe 50 or 60, depending on injury. So the Astros went out and they signed former Milwaukee Brewer Victor Caratini, two-year deal. Uh, he's 30. Uh, he's better on offense than he is on defense, which is, a, which is a change from what we've had in the past. 
but a, an above average at framing the ball. Um, a couple things about this. First of all, he knows he's the backup. He's not coming in to be the starter. So his job is to come in and provide a veteran presence. At 30, he's still a young guy in baseball age. Uh, well, in, in all age, quite frankly. Um, so he's still a young guy. Um, he's got six years playing experience. <clears throat> he's a guy that knows his role. He also can play a little bit of first base. And here's the interesting thing. He's a switch hitter and better from the left-handed side of the plate. So that gives the Astros another left-handed bat off the bench, which I think is something they wanted anyway and something they can occasionally wedge into the lineup, uh, either as a, a DH some days maybe if they want to put uh, uh, Jordan out in the outfield. Um, maybe they can put him in at first base occasionally give uh, Jose Abreu a break. Uh, Joe Espada has said he wants to give Jose Abreu some time off uh, this year, which I think is a good move because he was better when he had time off. He was better after he came back from injury than before. So this is a, a move for the Astros that's that's versatile. It gives them some options, uh, both at backup catcher at first base. He's a switch hitter off your bench. So I think that's that's actually, to me, it checks all of the boxes. It really does in terms of what they needed in a backup catcher uh, you know, to help. And hopefully Yiner Diaz rises to the occasion and becomes the guy that um, everybody hopes and thinks he can be. Um, so we'll find out. It's going to be fun to watch because, look, Yiner Diaz is a dynamic young player. I saw someone describe him. I think it was on Baseball Prospectus. Really great, by the way, website. They said that he's a guy that's going to be frustrating at times because he's going to swing at pitches you don't want him to swing at. But when he makes contact, he's so dynamic that you're going to forget about the times you were frustrated. And I think um, I think that's 100% true. He's a guy, he's young. Hopefully he'll get some better plate discipline as he goes along and he won't swing and miss quite as much. But he gives the Astros a legit person to put in that lineup, you know, fifth or sixth spot in the lineup. Um, it's it, it could make them much more potent offensively this year, particularly if Jose Abreu has a year more like what he had in the second half of the season as opposed to what he had in the first half. Um, slightly uh, sadder news, it appears Phil Maton is going to end up signing with St. Louis. So the serial killer is going to wind up with the Cardinals, it looks like. That is one of the three uh, Astros relievers who are free agents. That also includes Ryan Stanek uh, and Hector Neris. Now, Neris has spoken to the Astros about potentially returning. Um, I would think, I don't think Stanek's going to be back and understandably so. I think if anybody were to come back, if the Astros were going to want anyone to come back, Neris would be that guy. He's not only an anchor in that seventh inning, uh, but just as importantly, he's a leader in that clubhouse, especially with all the guys from Latin America there. Um, so it will be interesting to see if that is the case. The Astros have expressed some interest in Jordan Hicks, um, who is a flamethrowing right-hander, who a lot of people project primarily as a closer, has been a closer, but he has some command and control issues, uh, had a good season last, last year, uh, might be a little too pricey for them. They said they're not going to spend a ton of money. Uh, on a on a reliever, and there's been a lot of money thrown around at pitchers this offseason. Um, he would be a great guy to to put into that uh, rotation. And obviously, with Mayton leaving, I think they're going to need at least a couple of guys uh, to come in here. 
and fill in some of those roles. Now, they may fill some of that from their minor league system. There's been some talk of Forrest Whitley. Remember Forrest Whitley? The guy who never plays because he's always injured? Well, apparently there's been some talk that he could start the year in the bullpen. <clears throat> Spencer Arigetti played excellent last year. A guy who projects is probably maybe a two, three star, two on the high end, let's say three, four rotation starter on the lower end. He's a guy that could come in and maybe start his career in the bullpen. Uh, you know, you've got plenty of guys, JP France, um, Hunter Brown, who's certainly going to probably become, start out as a starter, but has the potential for uh, coming out of the bullpen as well because he's done it a little bit. So there are, they, the Astros do have options, right? They do have some options um, when it comes to the relievers. But, you know, they're going to be looking for guys to fill in and add to the relief role. Because also, when you think about it, the Astros don't have any money really to spend. It's not that they, they're really close to the luxury tax line. Crane hasn't said no to Jim Astros owner Jim Crane hasn't said no to going over the luxury tax, but they're not going to go crazy on that. They're going to try to stay below it, and uh, reasonably so. They the Astros look they have a way of doing things, right? When it comes to they're they're not going to sign nine, ten, eleven year deals. Um, they're not going to give guys two hundred. You know they're not going to give guys three or four hundred million dollars. Um, they made a mistake last year. Um, when they gave three years to a certain reliever, who I'm not going to mention, Rafael Montero. Um, they should have given that money to Naris instead. But, you know, that's what happens. Sometimes you make some mistakes. I honestly think the McCullers deal was a mistake. Um, can he come back from injury next year finally? I mean, the guys only had really one and a half healthy seasons uh, as a pro. You also have to start looking at is, you know, is Christian Javier going to bounce back from what was really a down year last year? Um, will the lack of the tournament that they had, the WBC, will the lack of that tournament allow them to pitch better this year? Um, so there's a lot of question marks around the the both the starting lineup as well as the relief pitching, the rotation and the and and the re relief core are going to be some question marks going into camp, but they do have a lot of guys. That's one thing they do have is they have a lot of people, you know, they still have Kendall Grave Graveman. Um, they still have guys like Brian Belak. There's a bunch of guys that they still have, right. That they can, that they'll be able to utilize both in the bullpen and in the starting rotation. We'll just have to see how that all shakes out. Obviously with injuries being, you know, Luis Garcia is probably going to be back. I, I just read this morning that both he and Lance McCullers are starting to play catch, probably not with one another, but who knows? Um, so, you know, there, there's, there's going to be progress there and we're going to see some of that progress and, and hopefully that's going to get us, get us in a good, you know, a good place. The other thing is the Astros, they're not going to, they're not going to go crazy this offseason because they're still in a win now mode. You know, the rumors were that Alex Bregman could be on the trading block. Dana Brown has ruled that out completely. They're not going to do that. The Astros don't do that. The Astros are not a team that trade guys in the last year of their deal. They're going to try to be hopeful, see if they can work something out. They probably won't be able to, and Bregman will probably move on. At the age of 30, he'll get like a nine-year deal or something. The Astros aren't going to do that. Now, the other problem is you're not going to trade Bregman because who do you have to back him up? The Astros don't have anybody in their minor league system that could fill in for Bregman. Certainly not now. I mean, they've got a couple of guys that potentially project 
as decent third baseman. Um, a couple of guys in their top 10 prospects or so, but this is not a great farm system. So it's a stretch right now to say anybody. Now, would Dubon play some third? Probably not. Um, so yeah, I just don't think you're going to make a deal for Bregman. Now, if you are interested in making some trades, then there are some guys who might fit that bill. They already considered trading. Well, they were going to trade Jose Urquidy, right? They were going to trade him uh, and they didn't. It was next. Um, they could look potentially to trade from Valdez. He's got another year left uh, before he hits free agency. Uh, he's going to be his, I think his, uh, uh, could, uh, his number this year for arbitration is 12 million or something like that projected. Your is about three and a half. So <clears throat> it's possible, but my guess is, the Astros aren't going to start making deals like that until they determine who they are going to be this year. Like they come back and they start winning and they're good. They're probably not going to move anybody. They're probably going to be looking to load up with better players. They get to the halfway point of next season. They're not playing very well. Or if there's been some injuries or struggles, you might see them move into a little bit more aggressive mode of saying, okay, let's try to turn around this minor league system while still kind of because look they they look let's be honest they still have a bunch of talented young players right even if you assume Bregman and Kyle Tucker will both be leaving um, at the end of their deals you know even if you were to say Framber Valdez is going to leave they still have a, a quite a bit of talent in their pitching core with Luis Garcia Christian Javier Hunter Brown right with Spencer Argetti depending on where he shows up they also have quite a bit of talent. Just in their overall position players. I mean, you look, they've Jose Altuve is probably going to sign an extension. He's still very good. Jeremy Pena coming off a bit of a down year, but he's still at a plus level at shortstop. Jordan Alvarez, we don't even need to talk about that. Chaz McCormick looks really good still. I mean, as a possibility in center field. Now, I will mention that there's been some there's been some discussion that Jake Myers might get some starts in center field this year, and that they would split the time uh, between left field and center field with Chaz McCormick. So Chaz will get a lot of time in both left and center, which he did last year as well. That would mean Dubon would play less out there, which I think is kind of interesting. Um, Chad, you know, Jake Myers is a plus plus level defender, but he just can't hit. He hasn't hit the ball. Well, he has flashes. He'll have a streak here or there. He has some pop when he hits, you just have to wonder is, you know, Jake Meyer has promise, but does he have promise as the Astros sort of everyday or close to everyday center fielder? Or is he a guy who is more well-suited to a deal that might bring the Astros relief pitching or perhaps another starter? Um, so you have to think about, I mean, think about what they converted, um, you know, some pitching a, a center fielder into just a few years ago. That became that center fielder, uh, whose name is now completely escaping me, and I feel like a moron for forgetting, but that was converted into Hector Nera or Phil Maton and our new catcher, Yanner Diaz. So, like, you can make real note, you can make real moves with that sort of a, with that sort of play, right? And I think the Astros would look at seriously look at something like that. If they're going to make trades, it's going to have to come from the major league roster. They don't have enough in their minor leagues. They're trying to rebuild their minor leagues, not tear it down. And look, let's be honest. John Granado from ESPN here in Houston, uh, 
he pointed something out the other day that I thought was really astute. And that is the Astros farm system is not just bad because they've sort of decimated it with trades and things like that. The Astros have not been good uh, in with their farm system because they didn't have picks for a couple of, for a couple of years. They lost their first and second round draft picks as a result of the sign stealing scandal. Right. So it makes total sense that they would struggle a little bit, um, uh, you know, when it comes to these kinds of things, um, just simply because they haven't had the picks. Right. You can't you can't make mistakes or not mistakes when you don't have guys. Right. And you can't develop people that you don't have. Uh, by the way, Miles Straw, sorry for my brain uh, gaffe there a minute ago. Miles Straw was the guy that they traded for Phil Maton and, uh, and Yiner Diaz. Um, so, uh, yeah, so I, they, when, you're, when you look at the minor leagues, a lot of what has happened to them has simply been the fact that they just have been deficient in the number of picks that they've had. It hasn't been that they've been making bad choices necessarily. It's just they haven't had as many choices to make. And then when they do make them, <coughs> excuse me, they've had to ship some of them out in order to make deals to get other players, um, including last year, uh, to get Justin Verlander back. So it, it's that is something they're going to have to try and build while winning. I think we are getting close to the end of this era for the Astros. Now, you, you can also say, look, I mean, when you've got those good starting, young starting pitchers and you've got Jordan Alvarez and a couple of guys – you're always going to be sort of fighting for it. That's for sure. But this is a time where the Astros are going to have to balance a lot of things. I don't envy uh, Dana Brown. He's in, a, in an interesting position right now where he's going to have to balance the needs, uh, you know, of the, the, you know, the major league ball club along with trying to really redo the minors. And speaking of that, we mentioned Jordan Hicks and the Astros are interested in you know, the Rangers are also interested, in, but the Rangers might not have much money this year either. This is a real interesting thing that's happening with them because they don't know if Bally's is going to continue to broadcast their games. I mean, I read somewhere that that's like nine figures a year for them. Nine figures. So it's millions and millions of dollars they're going to lose. I mean, can you imagine if the Astros had just won the World Series and then AT&T or whatever <clears throat> former network, now Space City, uh, home network, thankfully, we're just like, oh yeah, we're pulling the plug, and no Astros games. Can you imagine? I mean, that's. I'm not look. I'm not weeping for the Arlington Rangers or anything, but nevertheless, that's pretty crazy uh, when you think about it. So anyway, lots of going ons at the hot stove. Apparently, Juan Soto is going to get dealt to the Yankees probably today. I'm recording this Wednesday morning about nine forty five. Um, Shohei Otani and his hyper secretive. I mean, we thought the Astros were secretive about injuries when people have, you know, uh, left nostril discomfort or whatever it is. I mean, Otani, my God, they guard Otani's whereabouts uh, like they're guarding the nuclear uh, codes. They, they, they had some, the GM for, uh, for the Blue Jays, apparently, because Otani went and met with the Blue Jays. Uh, I guess it was on Monday. So it's the winter meetings and and one of the GMs isn't there. The Blue Jays GM is there. And as somebody posted on the, I mentioned on the athletic is that's abnormal. You know, the GMs are all there. This is an important time for them. 
So there's no there's no GM from the Blue Jays, but he shows up on Zoom to say he's sorry. He doesn't say why he's not there. <clears throat> he doesn't say where he is. And in fact, he's being filmed in like a, a he's doing the Zoom from like a room with just like a white wall background with no identifying marks whatsoever. Like he's, you know, in an interrogation room. Turns out he was back at home because they were uh, entertaining Shohei Otani as a potential signing, which, by the way, what an incredible signing that would be for the Blue Jays. I mean, talk about going all in. My goodness, I don't think anybody would have thought that. And it still might not happen. I mean, the the Dodgers are still going to be in on that, you know, for sure. Uh, You still wonder if the Giants won't get in on that at some point. There's like the Cubs. I mean, there's a number of teams that are – they're trying to sign the best player in baseball. But yeah, so it, it, the the secrecy around his uh, potential signing has been, you know, honestly kind of funny. Um, but of course, that's still floating around. So there's a lot happening at the winter meetings uh, in Nashville, which I, I read that I saw an interview with the, it was one of those surveys of general managers. And, uh, they said, do you like the winter meetings? And like most of them said, yeah, they like them. Some of them said they didn't. But the ones that said they didn't said they'd like them better if they were in uh, San Diego. <laughs> like who wouldn't? Would you rather be in Nashville right now on uh, December the 6th or would you rather be in San Diego? I mean, let's no, – no hate to Nashville, but let's be fair. Um, okay, a couple other notes before we get going here today. Uh, the Hall of Fame vote is coming. Billy Wagner back on the ballot. 68.1% last year. Needs 75 to get in. I think he gets in this time. He's super close. Uh, I still think the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame voting is still bizarre and, and stupid. But if you look at Billy Wagner's statistics, like his analytics, his, his you know numbers, the guy leads, and I mean, he, I think what is he like number one in strikeout ratio? His his ranking among like relievers is incredible. The thing that has held him back, and this is why I think a lot of this voting is bizarre and kind of dumb, is his lack of success in the postseason. The fact of the matter is, he didn't play in the postseason all that much, um, and you know, and so you know, calling him, you know, like sort of holding him back for that is ridiculous. I think Billy Wagner gets in. He is absolutely 100% deserving. And so get him in the Hall of Fame already. Get another Astro in there. I assume he's going to go in with an Astro hat. Um, Hey, his son is playing some pretty decent infield in the Astros minor leagues. You know, there was some talk maybe of him playing third base, but he doesn't have a very strong arm. You're not really going to play third base unless you have a pretty good arm. And so Will Wagner still has some potential, excuse me, as an infielder. For this team, might be a couple of years away. Anyway, Billy Wagner, definite Hall of Famer in my book, should 100% go in. I think if he doesn't go in this time, it's it's ridiculous. I can't imagine why the voters would keep him out uh, at this point. He is completely deserving one of the best relievers of all time. Certainly one of the best closers of all time. Okay. I'm going to end it on that before my voice completely goes out. Uh, Thank you so much for joining me. Uh, You can catch us on Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, (coughs) as well as YouTube. Give us a follow on Twitter slash X or 
whatever the hell Elon Musk is calling it right now. Also on Instagram, at Believe in Astros. I'm at Jeff Balky. Blummer's at Blummer27. We're all over social media. You can find us there. Thanks to everyone who's left us five stars and reviews on Apple. We love it. Keep it coming. Um, obviously, it's a little more sparse right now because we are in the dead of winter with the holidays. By the way, happy holidays to everyone. Um, so we won't be coming in to you as quite as often as we probably, as we would certainly during the season. But look, our next episode is episode 100, if you can believe that. So we'll try to do something cool for that, something cool for Christmas. And we'll just try to keep this train rolling uh, because look, pitchers and catchers are going to report in like, what, two months? Something crazy. Um, so, you know, it's going to be a weird offseason like it always is. It's never not a weird offseason for everyone here uh, at the Believe in Astros world. Um, obviously brought to you by Bet Online, in case you didn't know. So thanks again, everybody. You guys have an excellent week. We'll talk to you next week. And as always, go Astros.